the thing I'm learning is to not become too wedded to any vision of what it has to be, that I'm able to show up and work with what I have and speak to people in the moment and apply lessons that I've learned, but also still still stay fluid and flexible about what the future may hold. And frankly, that's almost the best way to do it because you're really leaving room for opportunity to dictate what's best for you. It allows me to be so present and to be so happy. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, writer, and speaker with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. We boldly explore relationships, connection, and the nuances and complexities of the human experience with compassion, honesty, and a sense of humor. With both solo episodes and highly curated guests sharing incredible stories, experiences, and expertise, the Room to Grow podcast takes the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while covering the uncomfortable topics many of us would like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here, and this episode, oh, my heart. You are going to leave this episode feeling so fired up, uh, moved to tears at times, just so lit up to go out and do the damn thing that you have been wanting to do. This was such a beautiful conversation with the one and only, the incredible Nicole Walters. I was just so delighted to get to speak with Nicole. We had such a blast on this conversation. And if you are not yet familiar with Nicole, I highly recommend that you go check her out, um, as well as check out her brand new book that is about to come out called Nothing Is Missing. And Nicole is a former top-selling corporate executive. She quit her six-figure sales job to pursue her passion, has gone on to build a multi-million dollar business. And ultimately, she is passionate about teaching people how to own their power and to trust that they already have everything that they need to succeed. Nicole absolutely speaks, speaks from her heart with such beautiful honesty and vulnerability and is unapologetically herself. And it's something that is really beautiful and empowering to be in the mirror presence of. And you will feel that energy from this podcast. Nicole has this beautiful, big, big energy everywhere she goes and she just radiates joy and and she's just such a special human. I cannot wait for you to listen to this one. Make sure to go connect with her with uh, all the places in the show notes, get her book, all the things. Let's do this. Nicole, I'm so happy to have you. I'm oh so my glad gosh. <laughs> Emily, I'm glad I'm here. I'm excited. We were chatting it up before and it's, I'm glad you hit record because everyone's going to want to be in on this combo. <laughs> well, I am so pumped to get to dive in deep with you today. And I was also telling you right before we jumped on, I really do mean this. I, I've, I've watched you from afar for years and you just have, you radiate the most beautiful energy, your smile, your laugh, your you can you can sense a pure heart and and oh. I really feel that from you and just thank you for showing up and, and doing what you do in the world because I think it's really beautiful you are so kind because I mean I cut someone off on the freeway today with the best intentions okay it was I had to get to where I needed to go and it was important and honestly they look like they weren't really doing anything but I just say this to say balance so everything you said is so kind I receive it but also I'm other things <laughs> I appreciate okay. that and don't worry, there's no pedestals here. That's not that's not how I roll at all. We're all very human, but you know, you still put beautiful vibes into the world, despite how many people you might cut off on the freeway. That's right. I appreciate you. Sorry to whoever that was, because I know you're probably listening. Oh my goodness. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about you and your story. I know that you know you've told you've told this a lot, but I would love for you to just give people a taste of who you are as a human. For sure. Thank you so much for that. And yeah, no, it's, um, gosh, you're right. I have told the story a lot, but every time I think even when I hear it, I'm just kind of like, man, that's a lot of life in a short window. <laughs> so in just the past decade, I've adopted three girls from a uh, the side of a Baltimore City street when I was 28 years old, ages 3, 11, and 14. And I became their mom in a matter of 30 days when their mother was incarcerated for addiction issues. Um, after that, in the course of those next 10 years, I did potty training, two proms, two in college, one uh, surviving and uh, battling stage four cancer, and she's fine now, uh, one in rehab, one divorce, and a move to Los Angeles with a TV show and a book deal in between all of that. So um, 
it's a lot of things, you know, I'm still here. And uh, my new book, Nothing is Missing, talks about how. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I can't wait to read this. And also that sounds exhausting. It is exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. And also exhausting a little bit. <laughs> oh my goodness, girl. It's exhausting. But again, it was over 10 years, uh, yes. but it's a running joke in our family that we can't go 90 days without just a little sprinkling of chaos. You know, it just is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> you roll with the punches, roll with, roll the, with punches. the punches. I love it. <laughs> You know, there was something, um, I, well, I would love for you to actually tell us a little bit about, um, how you, how you grew up mm -hmm. and some of the biggest lessons that maybe your, your family passed on to you that you have continued to incorporate into your own family. As well I as love love that you're starting here, Emily, just because so many people have had the opportunity over the past decade plus to watch my journey from, you know, really corporate America and becoming a mom. I've shared vulnerably and transparently kind of the highs and lows of that, opening up an entrepreneurial business and building this and the TV show and all that. But my book really goes further back because, you know, this is your jam as like human connection guru and, you know, all that, recognizing that so much of who we are and how we connect really goes further back, you know, into our mindset and how we, you know, see ourselves. And that's what my book's about. It's going back to being the daughter of African immigrants who came to the States and did everything the right way and still managed to be really poor, but refused to let, you know, self-limiting ideas and, you know, uh, perspectives around where we are dictate our future. And I'm really fortunate because through the trauma of poverty and fighting through the scarcity mindset, you know, I've managed to build an incredible business and a wildly profitable, but even more importantly, meaningful life. And um, that's involved a lot of fresh starts and starting over. And that's what this book is about, how to really nail those start overs. Yeah, yeah. And is there anything in particular that you can think of a particular moment or something that was passed along to you along the way where you still sort of call that up? today. Mm -hmm. Like it's a regular thing that, that really stays with you and stays in your heart. Yeah. There's a story that I share early in the book about, um, you know, and I think a lot of us can relate to this because if you're a mom, if you are, have ever played a mentor role, you know, a lot of us know that all we ever want for the people that are underneath us, our little humans, is for their world to be just a little bit better than ours. And I think that's what my parents really aspired to, is they just wanted to know that in coming to the States and in the work every day, that my future would be just a little bit better. And a lot of that manifested in riding around with my dad, who was a cab driver in D.C., in his passenger seat. And we would spend these summers and after school because they couldn't afford childcare, you know, getting these lectures from my African dad, you know, and, you know, my dad would say things like, and this is what really sticks out. And I think, you know how your parents will say something when you're nine, but you don't really call it up until later. And you're like, oh, that's what you meant, you know? And uh, he always used to say, as we would wind through these massive buildings in DC, you know, in these lobbying firms, and he would say, you know, in America, one of the things that makes it so special is that you can clean a building, but you can also have your name on one. And for me, it was such a insightful perspective because he's not condemning people who clean buildings. He's really just calling out the opportunity and the choice that exists here in America that, you know, in every moment that comes to you, you can choose how you want to take that on. And, you know, in America, you've got resources around you in, in both, you know, opportunities in the physical sense, like school and things like that, but people, you know, in opening your mouth to ask questions and building relationships. And if you can leverage both of those and get really good at them, then there is no situation you can't get yourself out of and no situation you can't aspire in and become better in. And that has really informed everything from my parenting to my partner choice to my career. And, uh, and that all stemmed from early on. Yeah, that's beautiful. And looking for those opportunities. That's mm -hmm. just incredible. Mm -hmm. I, tell us a little bit about how you came to adopt your girls, because I, yes. I've, I've heard this story, but I really want you to share it so that anyone who isn't as familiar gets to hear this because it's just incredibly moving. For sure. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because, uh, as a mom, I just love my baby so much. And I tell you, it's still sinking in. You know, there's parts of me, even after all this time, I mean, I've got a middle schooler now and I got her when she was a toddler, but I, uh, 
just feel so blessed to be their mom because I really do feel like they're a gift to me. But I was driving on the, you know, to go get dessert in Baltimore City. And uh, I saw a woman panhandling, you know, with a very small three-year-old. She just turned three. And I pulled over to uh, chat her up, you know, and just say, hey, you know, what can I do? Do you need help? You know, just kind of being involved. And uh, she mentioned she needed food and that she had two other girls back home. So grabbed her some food and gave her a ride back home with her little one because it was cold in October. And uh, when I got to their place and I met the other two girls, again, ages three, 11, and 14, the way I always describe it is that they were like wilted flowers. You know, you can see that they were beautiful, but they just really needed some juice so that they could sit up straight, you know, and so that they could face the world with their brightness and their beauty. And um, I just decided to mentor, you know, like I think that uh, a lot of us are inclined to want to share our answers, particularly if we've been delivered from suffering. And I didn't have much, but I was doing better than my parents had, you know, and so I was like, well, I can help out at school or you can use my Wi-Fi or I'll bring back some groceries. And within 30 days, her mother told me that she was going to be incarcerated for a year. And um, and she also shared with me she was struggling with addiction and that was manifesting in a lot of trials and you know difficulties for the children. So um, instead of having them signed over to the state, I said, you know what, um, I'll take all three and I'll figure it out. And uh, when you get out, we will go from there. <laughs> and so... Uh, it's kind of crazy. You know, I, I didn't realize it was crazy at the time. It felt like the next right thing. And I go into way more detail in my book around sort of the choices, the decision, the conversation, the process. But long story short, when their mother came out, um, we decided we would co-parent essentially, you know, with her whenever she is safe, stable and sober, you know, being as involved as she can be, uh, but with me being the primary parent. And um, within five years, I adopted all three girls. And now I'm mom, you know, from mentor. And it's just been the greatest blessing over my life. What an incredible story. And, you know, when I was, when I was doing some of the, the background research on you before the interview, I, I, I saw some article that um, you were talking about adopting the girls and, yeah. and the, the quote that I read from the article was, you know, around having grown up poor, that you knew what it was like to have people promise to help, but fail mm-hmm. to show up. Mm-hmm. And that you, you told your husband at the time that you said to him, if, if we're going to come back, then we can never leave. We can never because, leave. Because yeah, because these kids are used to people leaving them and you don't want to be another person who does that. And I just I I I started to get emotional when I when I read that portion because you know sometimes it only takes one person, yes, one event, one moment to mm-hmm. begin to shift an entire belief system that we have potentially built our whole lives on so the good. foundation of. And that was just so powerful for you to have that perspective. And to make that commitment to follow through, mm-hmm. that is the piece that, that can shift everything, the consistency, the follow through. There's so much in that, that, that can be applied as a lesson across the board, but what a powerful way for you to, to take that, that, that teaching moment that you learned early on and apply yeah. that to those girls. Emily, thank you so much for that. But I think that it just harks back to a lot of stuff that you're teaching, you know, about how the foundation of trust is so necessary for a strong connection, you know, that you can't build your own confidence if you don't know how you're going to show up, you know, and the power of doing what you say you will do, you know, um, I mean, you're always talking about that all of our relationships really start with self, you know, what is your relationship with self and, um, And that's something that I've had to learn for myself, you know, which is, okay, if other people aren't going to show up, what does that look like for you to show up for you, you know, and no matter what, you always have your own back, you know, and if you can be honest and committed and follow through with what you say you'll do over your own life, it becomes a lot easier to do it for others. And, you know, with my girls, that was something that foundationally for us to foster an honest connection because they were so used to adults not doing what they said they will do. It didn't matter if I fed them every day, got them shiny things, you know, took them to cool experiences. If I just, I mean, literally one time not following through on what I said I'll do, including, and I think, I I mean, I know you've talked about this, including not doing what I said I won't do. Like, and I think that's something a lot of people forget, you know, if you say I can't do this, you know, and then you break your own personal boundaries to try to facilitate it, and then you don't do it well, that can break your connection, you know? So 
with my girls, it was always about contextualizing. So if I didn't know what the outcome would be in a move or a situation or in paperwork or in something with their bio mom, I also said that. I would say, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, you know, but what I do know and what is in my control is that I'm not leaving. So this may end up badly or this may end up not being something that feels good, but I'm still here to go through it with you, you know, and um, and I'm grateful because I did that early on seeing in their face the result of me saying I'm not leaving. And now 10 years later, after we've been through so much, you know, because it's been tested, you know, we've gone through cancer, we've gone through, you know, recovery and rehab treatment with my eldest and my little one, of course, you know, only really remembers me as a mom, but she's developing into that prepubescent, God bless it, tween age, you know, <laughs> and the, and but she's had to weather a divorce, you know, from the life that she previously had. And for each of them, they have never questioned if mom was in their corner, you know, and I put it in their birthday cards. I love you so much and I'm never leaving, you know, mm-hmm. and that is a different version of I love you, I guess. I, I love that, that that's a different version of I love you. That, that really is the, the embodiment of love in mm-hmm. so many ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad too, that you made that differentiation about the fact that it's also about not committing to what we can't, what we can't commit do. to. Mm-hmm. That is so important to be able to recognize those boundaries and, mm-hmm. and to know that if we, we, if we make a promise that we can't keep for whatever reason, then that is also going to serve to mm-hmm. erode trust. So how, how did you, since you're absolutely right, it, do, it always starts with from within, you know, yep. as, as we know, yep. how have you built self-trust over the years? I'll be, comp- I mean, you know me, I'll be, keep it all the way real, please, right? Totally please. transparent. <laughs> um, I'm still working on it. You yeah. know, I'm still working on it. I think that before, especially during my early parenting years and, you know, the tail end of my marriage, I, um, really thought that trust was created externally, you know, by sort of setting up things like, okay, well, I'm going to try to build this business. And if I hit this amount of money, then I can trust myself kind of manifesting and making these like pretend validation goals, you know, and if I did it, then, okay, she was, she's good and worthy of trusting, you know, speaking about myself when I realized that honestly, I was doing all these things. And I talk about it in my book, I was doing all these things like, you know, getting the TV show and, you know, making millions of dollars and turning other people into millionaires as a consultant, you know, I was just I I was doing all these things. And yet I was keeping myself in a marriage that wasn't, you know, showing love in the way that I understood best. And I was not taking care of my body and giving it rest and healthy food and exercise. And I wasn't granting myself grace when I did miss the mark on a goal that I set. And uh, it's really hard for your body and your mind to believe that you actually trust it if you aren't taking care of it on the back end, you know, in a way that shows that love too. And it's not just about hitting the goals. It's also treating yourself in a way that shows that you believe your worth and that you actually, because you take care of things, you know, that you believe are worth taking care of. And I was not doing that, you know, my body knew it. And, um, you know, I talk about in my book that it just started breaking down. I had health issues and eventually I had to come to a grinding stop and pivot, you know, and start over fresh, you know, doing it right. That's I I'm, I'm also really happy that you, you mentioned the fact that you're still working on it. Oh yeah. Every day. Every day. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, we all are, but we'd like to think that there is some end goal to, to at least that particular piece. Mm -hmm. And and there's not, we don't just wake up Mm -hmm. one day and magically trust ourselves or to your point, like hit a certain uh, dollar value in the bank account. (laughs) And oh, now I can finally trust myself. Like right now it's like, oh, I'm great. Now I'm good. You know what I mean? Now I'm awesome. Like (laughs) literally never. And I actually feel bad because people will say to me like, Nicole, you have so much confidence. Like when can I get that confidence? I'm like, oh no. Before speaking engagements, I am literally Googling. Can you see my pit stains through a blazer? You know what (laughs) I mean? Like that is real life. Like I am like, can they see, I'll be on stage giving a keynote, you know, and I'll be thinking to myself, I can feel my Spanx rolling up right now. Can they see the line through my dress? You know, what I mean like I like this is really who I am it's not there is no pretend fancy pants confidence whenever I get to a new milestone 
there's more, you know, discomfort that comes with it because, you know, I'm grateful God's putting me in new rooms, you know, and like, but I just didn't even see a vision of those rooms before. So I feel a little weird in them sometimes, you know, it's just reminding myself and you say this all the time that I belong to be, I belong there, you know, like, and I'm allowed to be there and that I'm in that room because I deserve to be in that room. And let me focus on connecting with the people in that room, you know, instead of worrying about, am I enough? Am I not enough? And being in my head and in doing that, I really, that's really how I got where I am, you know, is just focusing on giving, serving and showing up, you know, and connecting with other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are two, two different mentors of mine actually, and, and dear friends and mentors. And both of them said to me, this was years apart. They both said to me, um, you know, you keep looking for a seat at the table, but you already have one. Mm, and I was so like, good. Wow. That, so and then when good. they said it to me separately, they didn't know each other. I'd never shared like what yep. the other one had said. And I was like, wow, I'm clearly getting this message. Yes. Well, and even reason. going so far as to say, honestly, like Emily, you're building seats at tables, like you're building the table, you right. know? And I think that is an evolution that takes even longer to sink in because I always tell people, and this is something that is just starting to dawn on me as I'm, you know, in that forties range, you know, is that, oh my gosh, I still feel very young. So I have not recognized how much I've accomplished. And I'm realizing that, oh, you're no longer in the phase of just build. At this point, you have some relationships that you can leverage. Like I'm like for me to help some of my clients or to help people in my life, it's not just teaching them and showing them it's, oh, I'll, I'll introduce you to this person who will make it happen because I've gotten to the point where I have built tables, you know, and it's not just about me hoping and praying and begging for a seat. It's also that I get to curate and create and, and leave a legacy with my own table. And that speaks a lot to what I've done and how I've lived. So there's evidence to prove, you know, against all these things that I sometimes think about myself, which is like, she's not good enough, or you need to do more. Like, girl, sit down. You've done plenty. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's so important to, to take stock of that sometimes, because it's so easy to just keep blowing past the goalposts. Yep. And then for, you just keep moving them. And mm -hmm. then you wake up one day and you look behind you and realize that you've been beating yourself up this whole time or yes. not have had the confidence or feeling like you haven't accomplished anything or left any kind of impact and you're not seeing what mm -hmm. is happening around you. Meanwhile, you're you, crushing it and you're yeah. doing all the right things. And it's like, gosh, like so hard on yourself for what, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'd love to kind of like switch gears a little bit to, yeah. um, love. And ah, ah, I love, so look, everyone who listens to this, you are used to how Emily is. This is my first time being able to, you know, chat on the podcast. Do you see how she just dropped love like that? I just want to switch gears to love. <laughs> I'm like, okay, come in hot girl. We're doing it. You know, you don't I, I'm, around here on here. I know I'm here for it. Just not messing around. I'm going to get you the goods. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you, you navigated, um, divorce. Mm -hmm. You have a wonderful new partner, Alex. I do. I do. And he's so cute. <laughs> you can I hear it in my voice, him. right? I, yes. That's the thing is that like when you're with the right person, like your whole energy changes. People hear me talk about, <sighs> about my, my partner who was just incredible after mm -hmm. many, many years of not being, of with, not that, being, right? yeah, not, not being not in that, that type of relationship. Mm -hmm. And like, I just, people are like, oh my God, like your Instagram posts are changing. I can like mm -hmm. feel like the warps coming through all like, the things. Yeah. Yep. It changes everything. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to tell us more about First of all, how, how you navigated the incredibly, you know, painful ending that, mm -hmm. that, that, that iteration of your marriage, yep. the, the, the iteration of, of your relationship and, and mm -hmm. the ending of the marriage uh, brought for you. Mm -hmm. And did you ever doubt that you would find the right person? How did you kind of move through that? Yeah. I think the one thing that I really want to change about the dynamic of divorce conversations is that I think our society makes it so quick to say like, oh, who's at fault and who's to blame? And, and a lot of that is because that's like what you see in TV and media, you know, like that is the storyline. There has to be a conflict. So there's got to be an initiating factor. But the reality is in most divorces and in most breakups, it really isn't that cut and dry. You know, I don't know any of us and anyone listening, you know, who looks at a friend or a family member or someone they know that's gone through a breakup and hasn't said, I saw this coming. 
thing. You know what I mean? Because there were lots of little signs. It, it's pretty rare that it's just like one thing and all of a sudden, oh, this person did this to this person and it's done, you know? And I can definitely tell you that over a 12-year marriage, you know, we grew the way we needed to grow within that marriage as individuals. Unfortunately, that wasn't in tandem side by side. And as much as I knew that for the next chapter of my calling, I needed something else, I also knew to to not stand in the way of whatever it was that he needed as he sorted that out in his calling. It, it made me unhappy to see him unhappy. And that is not a good place either, you know? And so... All that being said, it wasn't easy because coupled with, you know, the awareness that there is a problem, I am a serial fixer. You know, there's a whole chapter in my book about being a fixer, you know, and uh, fixing can be great, but you can also end up rescuing. You can also end up codependent. You know, there's a lot of things there. So, you know, for me, it really started with just taking a step back and saying, okay, look, you know. If you have the house and the cars and the family and the kids and you've hit all these milestones and something still ain't right, just step back for a second. You've earned the space and just see, you know, and once I stepped back and started working on myself and trying to, I'm going to just say it really, trans. I don't think I've ever said this anywhere before, but, you know, I was trying to see what was wrong with me. You know, like I really stepped back because I was like, I feel like everything else is right here. And I know my partner's still not happy. And I know that I'm not happy about that. Maybe if I step back, I can figure out what else I can work on in order to finally get us there because I did all the other checklist things. And what happened inadvertently, but I thank God for now because it was painful at the time and I didn't get it, was I started realizing, oh, this, I don't know how some people may take this, but I realized that. Not only could I not figure out what to work on, but I didn't want to. Like I, which is, I think people who've been through divorce or breakups will understand what I mean by this. I felt like I didn't want to use the last little bit of energy that I might need for my fresh start or my start over or my rebuild, my tiny little drop of hope. I just didn't want to apply that here anymore because I didn't even trust whatever I'd done everything like I just didn't have anything left and if I did anything else I'd be grasping at straws and that's not where I wanted to put my energy especially when I was already sick and my blood pressure was through the roof and my face was paralyzed and I was dealing with all these other health issues and had a business to run and babies to raise I said I can't can't commit what little I have left to sorting this out and so that was when the transition happened and um a new partner couldn't have been further from my mind. I really just wanted to save myself at that point. And I think a lot of people can understand that. You have to, because you, you can't, you can't possibly open to someone new in that state anyway. And, and mm-hmm. for anyone who does, it often doesn't go well if you right. the inner work to kind oh, of sure. like figure things out, to do your healing. Um, and, and yes, we also, I always maintain, like we, we also heal in relationship as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a lot of power and, and really needed work that needs to be done in mm-hmm. the interim. Like there needs to Absolutely. be a bit of a liminal space there where it doesn't feel good. <laughs> Not at all. It feels but terrible, it's but it's necessary. Yes. And I think a lot of people don't realize that no one ever leaves anything uh, unless they think that it could be better on the other side. I mean, why would I leave the house, the cars, the family? Like nothing was like wrong with my life. You know, it was just that everything was wrong with my life, you know, and that was enough. You know, right. A mouthful there. You know what I mean? And that was when I was like, oh, wow, I've got to go figure this out. And I'm willing to take a shot in the dark, then continue to follow this path. And um, that was scary. But yeah, I wasn't thinking about another partner and I wasn't thinking about dating. I, I mean, I was literally thinking about first my physical health because I was like, I don't want to die here. That's critically important. But once I started getting healthy, I was like, man, it's a fresh start. And often this is seen as a negative. You know, people are just like, oh man, you got to start over. You know, this is terrible, you know? And it's like, no, I've done everything, you know? So it's not bad. It was more of a, what do I want to bring from the old and what do I need to acquire so that my life looks like the way I want it to look? And I, one of the things I have to ask myself, and I think you'll, you'll echo this as well, especially because of new partnerships and all that, you know, is that I had to say to myself, am I even someone who wants a partnership? <laughs> Cause I got married young. Yeah. I got married at like 22 and I've been married all the time. So I was like, do I even want to be with anybody or is that, you know, and 
I realize I'm really good in partnership. And in particular, I like being a wife, you know, and I like raising a family in that traditional structure that suited for me, you know, I'm into it, you know, and so I was like, okay, for that reason, I'm willing to take on dating again, because this is something that I know I want. And I am so glad I did, because my guy is smoking hot. <laughs> you guys are just so sweet together. Like the energy <sighs> of both of you when you're together, like you can just tell the depth oh. of, of the connection in so many ways. And it's so beautiful so grateful. to see. Just that's that's incredible. That's it's funny because I think you get it also because I'd never been in like love, love before, you know, like I and not that I didn't love my um I call him my husband, you know, like it's not that I didn't love my husband, you know, it's more that I just didn't know what that was, you know, and I was making a lot of um, decisions around what I thought I needed, what was good on paper, like kind of what I thought, trying to match the definition of love versus actually allowing myself to lean into what I felt and what I knew. And, you know, it's crazy because now that I know what love is, oh man, I understand love songs better. It sounds so cheesy, but they make sense to me. I understand in movies why people run back after the person that they're like, oh, I can't leave them behind, but you'll die. It doesn't matter. You know, like, <laughs> like I understand because why live without that? I, it might as well take a shot at saving them because what is the world without them? Like, I understand it. I used to be very practical, like, girl, run, you're going to die. You know what I mean? like, was, and now I'm like, she's in love. You have to save him. You know? So it's just like, it's just, you know, my life is better by that alone because I've experienced something that helps me understand other people's motivations better. And it's just, it's worth it. You know, even if we were to, you know, break up or have another divorce, God forbid, you know, whatever, I don't care. It's been so worth it. You know, I've, it's been a lot, it's like starting a business. It's another learning experience and I'm better for it. So yeah, I'm grateful. That is just so beautiful. It, and you know, the, um, the book that I'm coming out with talks a lot about like, like non-detachment, but mm-hmm. you know, doing the work, but not yep. being quite as attached to the outcome. And I feel exactly the same way about the mm-hmm. leaving. I try to leave people at least 1% better than I found them. Yes. And yes. And not only do I, I think that, you know, if, if something heaven forbid, like happened with, mm-hmm. with my relationship that I left him better off. He has mm-hmm. definitely left me infinitely better. That's right. Than That's before right. I was with him. Yes. That's right. And it's tough because, you know, even in those situations, you think to yourself, well, gosh, first of all, if we broke up, it's because something really happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like something went, you know, a certain way, but then, you know, having survived an initial breakup, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I know I'll be okay. No matter what on the other side, it'll, it'll totally and completely suck up until then, but I know I'll be okay, you know, and I know whatever lesson I'll have, because if something this good can deteriorate, oh man, the lesson's going to be a just powerful, you know, whatever I extract from that learning is going to change the world. So the risk is worth it. And, you know, and assuming it doesn't, you know, break up, oh my gosh, I can't believe I get to be with this person forever, you know? So I'm just really super grateful. I'm glad he found me. I'm glad that I have the guts to pursue what I deserved, you know, and I'm also really excited and happy that because this has happened, it could happen for my husband, you know, because he's deserving too, you know, and we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. <laughs> I I want people to really like hear what you're saying here. Like, I just want to highlight the fact that not only, you know, wishing a past partner so well because it, mm-hmm. sometimes we just you know there can be very oh girl it took a while listen what you're seeing of right course, now it doesn't happen overnight it doesn't happen overnight we don't tell the truth right now okay That's in okay. the beginning i was like i hope he stubs his toes and can't find any of the links to the tupperware okay i truly had to work to get to this place <laughs> but that is the work right like that is the doing of the work and even just the fact that you you are you opened to love yeah. Open yeah. to love, even after having like had your, your heart broken and, and it, you know, not, it was, it was mutual, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, but it's heart, still heartbreak. It's, claim, devastating. But it's, still heartbreak. Absolutely. Yeah, it's devastating. Especially because yeah, when you think something's going to work, just kind of like when you hear people close the doors of a business that was thriving and they loved it, your heart can still be broken. You can still have grief. You can still have depression. It's like becoming an empty nester. You know, you love your babies. They're fine and out in the world, but a chapter and change has occurred and coupled with healing from that change, you now have to plan a fresh start of a new version of self. I, one of the things I always say is the, one of the hardest parts about divorce or breakups is that you aren't allowed to just sit in one 
one thing. You can't just sit in healing because you still have to do life. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I could have, and I'm grateful, I built a business that allowed me to really put a pause on because I also was having physical health issues for about a year. But if it, if, I mean, I don't know how I would be able to do it because, I mean, divorce is a full-time job, you know, between the emotional healing, the paperwork, you know, the resorting of your life, it's a full-time job, but, um, gosh, I'm, it's crazy. It's so worth it. You know, it's so worth it because anytime you do something that affirms what you believe is your worth, you come out stronger. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a tribute to all the work that, that you have done and building the self-trust every day and the continuous process of, and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trusting that you will, you will be okay on the other side. Like that's the empowering piece that can come from moving through pain and hardship. Yes. That you, that is where we build the most self-trust. Yes. So true. true. Here's the hot, hot new partners. Yeah. Here's here's the hot new partners. Cheers to us, girl. Cheers to us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So tell us a little bit about, um, surrender. Yes. Because so much surrender has been required in the various, you know, corners of your life as you have navigated all these massive life changes and everything else. But it's interesting because something that I I heard you talk about was why we need to be good at fresh starts and how they can help us take control of our lives. Mm -hmm. And the, the interesting part about that for me is like the surrender and the control can seem like two completely opposite ends of the spectrum. So Mm -hmm. how do we bridge that gap between the two? (laughs) So, I mean, you know, there's the quote, your new life will cost you your old one, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, when I tell you moving across country 3000 miles away with three suitcases, you know, and leaving multiple homes and all my stuff physically behind, I mean, I literally think my closet is 90% made up of new articles of clothing, you know, I really left with nothing but the spatula girl, but I did take the spatula because I can't find a duplicate of it at Ikea. Like, so I did take the spatula, you, you know what I mean? Like, spatula, you need oh, to keep this shit. Oh, it's a thing. I'm keeping the <laughs> spatula for life, you know? And so I will say that, you know, that wasn't easy to do, but it was a, I didn't even realize the lesson in surrender. And what happened was surrender kind of starts with stuff. It's the easiest thing that you can see physically, right? Like, what if I let these things go? But I didn't realize what the messaging I'd given to myself about what this stuff meant and how that was the thing I really needed to let go. I had to like be willing to let go of my image as a wife in a certain capacity, my image of a mother showing up in a certain capacity, my image of a business owner showing up in a certain capacity. And ultimately, and I only say this because I'm still surrendering, you know what I mean? In so many ways, like visions of self, ideas, you know, all of that. But the thing I'm learning is to not become too wedded to any vision of what it has to be, that I'm able to show up and work with what I have and speak to people in the moment, you know, and apply lessons that I've learned, but also still still stay fluid and flexible about what the future may hold. And frankly, that's almost the best way to do it because you're really leaving room for opportunity to dictate what's best for you. And it allows me to be so present and to be so happy and to be so grateful. So like right now, I mean, I'm all in on where what we're doing right here and thinking about, you know, our friends that are here having this chat with us and what can I give them right now? And, you know, once we get off here, I'm like, oh, I think my day's ending a little earlier. I'm going to go get myself some chips and salsa for my favorite place, you know, and I'm like, I'm going to really enjoy that, you know, and it's like, sure, I could be thinking about, well, what am I going to have for dinner? You know, what am I going to do for this? But no, just surrender the need to know every single little thing and plan it and structure it and all that, you know, and I am a planner girl type a, you know, like (laughs) the fact that I'm letting go of that has really allowed myself to just enjoy the fact that I even, Oh, I don't want to get teary about it, but survived. Like I made it, you know, I made it through health issues and I've hit so many marks and I, I don't, I've never, I haven't said this to you, but I've, you know, it's this awareness that if I were to die tomorrow and that's not a challenge to the Lord, no, I'm good. But, you know, if I were, you know, I really feel like I've lived a full life and I'm not even 40 yet. 
you know, and the idea that I can say, like, I've had, especially now that I've had romantic love from a partner, like I've had romantic love from a partner, I have these incredible kids, I've, I've written this book, you know, that can serve as like a manual for them, like I put everything I got into this book, you know, so if I go and this is all they have, this will carry them at least till 40, you know what I mean, with what they need to know and to not make the missteps, and I've changed people's lives, and I've done meaningful work, and I've been honest and truthful with myself, so if tomorrow, you know, I weren't here there's no one who would say this girl did not show up you know and that is like it's freeing because it means I can pretty much just do whatever at this point you know like it's you know which but also exciting because it's like whoa what's next like if God grants me another 40 years what is gonna happen what is even what else do you have planned you know what I mean like what else? I don't know. Like, will I eventually end up in a size small Spanx? Because that's like a European size two. You know what I mean? <laughs> Could that happen? Anything is possible. <laughs> anything. Like, Absolutely anything. anything. And I'm here for it. <laughs> it's such a beautiful perspective because it is so freeing, like to be mm-hmm. operating from that space of, again, be, being more detached from the outcome and allowing yes. things to unfold and also challenging yourself. I actually just wrote on, on the whiteboard in the co-working space that I'm at today. Um, what if it all works out? What if, what it, if it all works, works out? out? What if yeah. it all works? And it's so funny you said that because on my engagement announcement about, you know, me and my guy, I said, it's important to remember that sometimes it does work out. That's, a, that's what I said, because it's true. And it's actually a quote from Schitt's Creek, if you've ever seen it, you know, it's not really, <laughs> but you know, it's the truth though, you know, like it's that sometimes it does work out, you know, that I think so often we get caught up and not in a negative way, we're planners, especially if you're like a mom or a business owner, mm-hmm. it is normal for us to try to triage every scenario because part of being, doing that job well is to make sure we're thinking ahead. But a lot of times you don't give any space to saying, what if it does work out? And it's what makes me so excited about writing this book because it is a story of toss, uh, you know, going here and going there. And every time you feel like it's not going to work out, and I'll spoiler alert, let you know, it does work out. It's a hot mess, you know, and I'm not saying it works out perfectly. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that stuff doesn't work out and sometimes it's wrong, but we're all still here, you know, which means that it does work out. And that is the greatest gift. It really is. It really is. Just embracing even the idea of the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Like my my partner and I always say both and. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's yes. nothing is like an either or. It's always yes. like a both and. Like, okay, like what's, you know, there's this thing that we want to do. There's this thing over here. How can we find yes. something that works? Like, and we, we apply it to everything. We apply it to every situation. And I've started to adopt it in like every facet of my life. And it's making a yes. big difference because I have historically struggled with the surrender and yes. the letting oh, go me of control too. and me yeah, too. all day all day I still do I still yep. do I, yep. I mean especially in a new partnership with kids there are times where I'll see you know um my my fella Alex you know interacting with the, the girls and he'll say okay well raking cookies well it's fine let's just you know put the flour on the table and let's just such and such and I'm like that's gonna be a mess but then I like I have to in my own head say but that's okay because we can clean up a mess instead of let me jump in and adjust the system right away to avoid the problem. No, let the problem happen because it's not that big of a problem. You know, like it's really learning. And I mean, that's growth, you know, and I, I imagine by 60, hopefully I'll be sane. You know, <laughs> you know, that's the ultimate goal is that eventually I'll get to a place where I can just lay back, watch people be a hot mess disaster and nod my head and be like, all right, kids, you know, those are also my goals. I yes. am totally on board with that. Yeah. Yes. Maybe I'll be patient by 62. Wouldn't that be, you nice? know, <laughs> like maybe I'll be like, it'll get here eventually. You know, like I really just hope I'm at that place, you know, where I'm able to sip, especially because like 40 is like the new 30, you know, and like, you know, 60 is like, honestly, the new 45, like it's not like it used to. So I'm like, it's if true. I'm in a place where I am like, fit, able-bodied, moving around, active, but I know how to mind my business, girl, it's going to be a good life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you are so skilled at pouring into your community. Oh, such beautiful ways. And tell us what, how, like, where, where did that sort of come from? Like, I think that it's very you, it's just like naturally who you are, but your, your vulnerability and your openness, your honesty, like where, where does that come from? Because it's such a a beautiful piece that pulls people together. And it's why people are so drawn to you. 
you're so kind um yeah you're talking about the internet aunties you know it's just kind of like the community <laughs> right we it's a village we all work together to try to you know raise me raise these kids and um i will tell you the truth is it comes from learning that if you set the bar really low right then everything looks like it did great <laughs> so let me show up on the internet with no makeup you know in my t-shirt no bra you know with my wig sideways like a hot mess and then when they when they see me looking nice they're like wow nicole you look nice today you know it's like it's great you know the standard can't fail these people when you always i love this perspective it's the truth you know it's the truth people come on here looking for perfection you know like setting everything up beautifully you're feeding your kids pancakes with mylar balloons in the background and an all-white bed with feathers no 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 honey that's too much you got to throw a hash brown in the back seat of the car while driving down the freeway that (laughs) makes it look like you know how to parent you know i mean people will tune in for that you know so i will tell you from day one the thing i always remember is that social media is social. So the way I interact with everyone is like, I'm checking in with my friends on FaceTime. And, you know, I have always been one to chat in my DMs, you know, because why not? If you can take the time to comment I, and I have the capacity and time, I will comment back, you know, like it's, um, and I try to get to know people's like names and who they are and, you know, all of those things, because I really do care. And these are people who have, I'm not kidding, legitimately helped me raise my children from picking out potty seats because I dropped my three-year-old in the toilet and I said her butt's too small there's got to be an answer for this you know what I mean like like hive mind help you know and they're like there's a thing at at Target and I was like cool I'm going live when I get there help me pick the right one you know what I mean like and we did you know I mean this is truly like it's a real thing from picking out prom dresses because you know I don't want my kids looking like baby prostitutes you know like I'm like where can I go and get something that's gonna hold it all in you know and I mean it's just been amazing because I have a community that helps with that you know and I'm just really grateful that people are even interested in providing that type of support to another human. But what I can tell you, I've learned over 12 years of doing life as a community, it's that this is our baseline. And any narrative that's in our head that people don't want to connect with you and they don't want to support or that they aren't here to cheer you on and lend what they know so that you can be improved is a fallacy. It is a lie. It is anti our human nature. And if you find yourself being willing to lean in a little bit, people will lean back a lot. And I am really, really grateful because that is um, the community that I have. You know, they are the best of the people. And I'm thankful that they even accept me and allow me to be there knowing the mess that I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's, it's because of your honesty. Like people can sense it's, you know, especially in the online space these days, I feel like mm-hmm. people are savvy. Like it's, yeah. it's started to get to like where people, you know, we can, we can smell oh, for the bullshit sure. a for lot sure. faster sure. than, than ever before. Mm-hmm. And, and you can sense like someone who is more genuine and coming from a genuine place. So that really translates. And it, it really does speak to, to you. You have such beautiful people showing up for you and you also show up for them. Like, Thank I, I you. I just want to like, you're very kind. It really is that I'm true. very like this is what it is. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm a disaster. I, yesterday I was live and I was trying to do one of those get ready with me's that people do. And I'm like doing my makeup. And I was like, y'all, I grabbed a piece of paper towel and I was like, I'm sorry. I care about climate change. I know sustainability matters. I also <laughs> use paper towels. I use Ziploc bags. It's fine. <laughs> it's all my fault. I receive it. I'll say it first. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's what it is, you know? And I think that like, it's funny because everyone's like me too. And I feel terrible. And I'm like, I, I know why are we like this you know <laughs> I'm like I don't know what it is but, and I'm like I'm like this in person too people meet me and they're like and I always apologize because I know I'm a lot you know and I don't apologize and it's wrong I'm just saying I'm aware that we're all in this right now together because <laughs> I'm a lot you know and like people meet me and they're always like Nicole you're exactly like you are online and I was like again sorry you know but it's like you know it's just like one of those things where it's like it's we're all awkward all the time. We all feel weird all the time. So why are we not just saying that and then just like moving on with our lives, you know? <laughs> and that's just how I treat the internet where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. So let's just eat fudge and pretend like this doesn't matter. <laughs> I love it. Well, you you were giving others permission in in the process and in the journey of of sort of like leading the way with that, which is so beautiful. Yeah. I want to be respectful of your time. So course, tell us about this incredible book. Yes, that coming out with that I cannot wait to pre-order. Oh my gosh! I'm oh so my pumped. gosh! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, um, 
first and foremost, it's called Nothing is Missing. And obviously, uh, the title is very meaningful to me because uh, when I first, this is, you know, truth moment, uh, the first book was going to be a business book. You know, I already had publishers interested after building a multi-million dollar business and working in corporate and me writing how I did that. And, um, but then my marriage fell apart and I, you know, knew I could not write that book without talking about the book before the book, you know, none of the stuff in the business book will work if I don't tell you this stuff. Um, And the way I describe it is this is the color to the black and white, you know, that you see online. And so nothing is missing is that journey I went on. I went to find out what was missing, you know, and I think we all feel that sometimes. I don't have my purpose. I'm not good enough. I wish I was a better mother. I need more money. There's always something we're either told we're missing or we're feeling like we're missing. And in this book, I talk about not just the stories, the lessons, the journey, because I've done all the things. There's really little that people, you know, want or have that I haven't really been through some version or variation of it. And when I talk about that, and I let you know, listen, at the end of it all, here's a lesson of how you can get the most out of this hardship, get the most out of this opportunity. And um, I like to call it the fresh start manual, you know, because, because once you get all that stuff down, there isn't a fresh start, you're not going to be just amazing at. And, um, and it's my hope that mothers and daughters and, you know, anyone who picks this up is not just caught up in the story like we were here today, but also um, applying the lessons for a better life because this is my legacy and I'm just really honored I get to share it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for not only sharing your heart here, but just sharing your heart in, in the book, because I oh think gosh. it's going to be incredibly powerful and impactful and just like adding to all the beautiful things that, that you are putting out into this world, which is just so amazing. Great. Tell thank us you. Where else everyone can connect with you too. And yeah, it'll so be I'm, in the show notes as well. Yeah. Awesome. I'm all over social media at Nicole Walters, no H, no rogue H N I C O L E. And, and you can get the book everywhere. Books are sold. It's available for pre-sale Now it goes on publication October 10th. And I have to say that stuff or my editor will fight me. <laughs> <laughs> And okay, so I always have one last question that I always wrap up with, which is if you could give people just one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Oh, this is an easy one for me. Grant yourself some grace. Mm, What a beautiful response. Yeah, yeah, it's so needed and we can all use more of it. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much, Nicole. You are an absolute delight. I just adore you. Thank you so much for coming on. (laughs) This is a joy. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more, one of the most common questions I get is where do I even start doing this work to create deeper connections and better relationships? I've got a free 15 page guide for you called Where Do We Begin? This is the very foundation that you need to start building healthy relationships with others and with yourself. This is my gift to you and multiple people have referred to it as (laughs) life-changing. You can find it over at roomtogrowpodcast.com or check the show notes to go download it and have it sent straight to your inbox. Thanks so much and stay tuned for more episodes weekly.